Don't frazzle my sh- It's the Woodworking Morning Show. He says, this bi-weekly stuff is throwing me for a loop. Me too. You and me both. Me too, me too. Nicole and I had dinner plans tonight. You had dinner plans. I was just going along with it. We were going to go out to a barbecue place, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's the other Friday. So, oh, Hey, John M., you owe me five bucks. The clock says September 3rd. <laughs> Rolling a little hot here. Okay. Uh, well, hey, happy Friday, everybody. Yes. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And we're going to talk to you about woodworking today. Yep. And things um, and stuff and mostly woodworking. Yeah. And we're going to show you that we are grateful by saying yeah. thank you for watching the show, for supporting the show. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. I almost said wood talk. <laughs> Don't, you can go there too if you want to, but different support show. Support all the things. Yeah. Support everything. All the things. We want to thank some folks who helped us out by supporting the show. Yeah. How about CCC and C who rejoined on the uh, membership mm. thing on uh, YouTube. Thanks thank for you. coming back. Yeah. Uh, Gary Appreciate Peters, it. Travis Webster, Chuck Wells, Marcus Coons, Gareth Jones, Fred Earl, Early, Rob Switzer, and Bobby C. There was a couple, uh, couple upgraded people Bobby in B. there too. Bobby B. Oh, look <laughs> we at did that joke last Bobby time. Bobby C is double dipping. Oh. He's also on Patreon. Uh, or YouTube. No, this is Patreon. I thought that was, oh, this is YouTube. Yeah. Okay. It's my screen. Sorry. I'll focus over there. Uh, Bob Brewer, Nathan Stein, and a gentleman by the name of Krat Mamonia. Mm. I see where he's going. I like that. I like, that. I like yeah, it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. scroll back up. You got oh. a new video you just released today. Yeah, I, I did a little video on Scary Sharp Scary. with a chisel. And the funny thing is, I didn't really, in the video, I didn't call attention to it, but I was sharpening an Amazon Basics chisel, yep. which is uh, an experience. I need to put that in it. our Amazon store. You know, it's not that bad. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be anything great in terms of like the metal quality. Right. But it sharpened and it cut wood, and that's what a chisel's supposed to do. So. It did its job. Whatevs. Uh, all right. You want to get right to the questions hey, today? I uh, just wanted to let you know um, the winner for the C table, the Powermatic Anniversary C table, was uh, selected. So oh, really? congrats to Aaron. He has already replied. So if your name is Aaron, I do apologize. You might have gotten excited for just like a split second. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. And then I've also reached out to all of the Guild Scholarship winners. Not all of them have replied to me, if you can believe it. What's up with that? I don't know. What are they They're doing? Busy people, I guess. Okay. Uh, but I'll put a post up on the Wood Whisperer um, next week. Uh, and maybe they'll see that. <laughs> sure. So it was, it was really, really cool to, to give out those scholarships. Awesome. Uh, Matt Harper says, shout out from the submarine capital of the world. Is that Groton, Connecticut or Groton? Groton? The submarine Groton. capital of the world. Is that where they make submarines? That's an interesting uh, piece of trivia. Yeah. I had no idea. What a great definitely, place to be. What a great place to definitely be. not like Trenton. Yeah. Make what the world takes. Is yeah. that how, how, how it went? Yeah. Trenton makes, the world takes. 
<laughs> not anymore. That used to be the case. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the reason for that mm. is there's a company called Roebling there, and they made a lot of the um, steel cables that were used in bridges and things like ah. that. Uh, and they were the place to get that from. So gotcha. that's what that was supposed to mean. Is like they produce this, and bridges all around the world get the Roebling. Hey, I know cable. you only mentioned the video that came out today, but we didn't do the show last week oh, either. Oh, jeez. And there was another video. I mean, we're on the. He's on this roll of. A, a I'm out of control. Woo! I can't stop. So the plantation shutter video came out last week, which yeah. I thought turned out pretty awesome. That's I a love fun video. how dark the bedroom is now, and I'm. You should sleep in there sometime. <laughs> if you wouldn't have got the puppy. We have this puppy situation right now, and it's back to like separate bedrooms just for logistics reasons. Um, <laughs> basically, like I, it was my idea, so I'm the one who gets to not have sleep. That, this is the convers- This is how the conversation went down. <laughs> This is Mark. Do tell. I want a puppy. I said, this is me. I don't. And then you were like, I'll take care of the puppy. I said, I'm going to videotape you saying this. It was a lot like dealing with a child when a child wants an animal. And you're like, you're going to take care you're of it, right? You're going to take care of it. I promise, Mom. I promise. I promise. I'll take it for walks and everything. Yep. It's fine. She's doing great. I can't believe you didn't put the link to the actual chisels that you use well, in Well, I post. did in the YouTube video, but uh, it wasn't about the chisels. So I did it late, and uh, I forgot to do it on our website. Okay. Nobody okay. goes to our website anyway. Uh, Paul Angle wrote in with a question. Let's get to the questions. All right. I'm taking questions. For. I'm taking questions from YouTube if you're new to the, to the live. Paul Angle says, I'm familiar with the logic around the rule that you don't use the fence on a table saw if you are feeding a board where the distance between the blade and the fence is longer than the width of the board. Setting the fence at 25 inches with a 6-inch wide board uh, is going to have consequences. I'm wondering when the rule is overridden by the width of the board. For example, if you have a board that's 15 inches wide, but you are setting the fence at 25 inches. Isn't that safe? Just wondering where the tipping point is. So I think this is not easily answered. I don't know if there are are rules of thumb. There certainly may be. If you ask, let's say like a woodworking school, they may have a rule in the school where you only can, you know, change it up at this dimension. I don't have that kind of rule. And what I've, you know, realized over time is it's not simply just the dimensions of the piece, but it, it really amounts to how much control you have over the piece. And the way I control a board through the table saw may not be equivalent to the way that you control a board through the table saw. So there are times where, you know, especially if the camera is not running, I may make a cut that I might never film. I feel comfortable doing it. I have enough reference surface and I know how to run that piece through without incident. But it may be a little bit too too close to being, you know, dangerous that if I show that and someone who doesn't have my experience level tries the same thing, they may wind up getting a severe kickback. So I have to be careful with it. Hey, so we should say that uh, your shorts have really uh, brought in a lot of new subs. And uh, if you're one of those new subs and you're wondering why you're here, you probably subscribe to our channel because of those shorts. Wouldn't it hit? (laughs) Fake Ginger is like, when did I sub to this? (laughs) I'm sure there will be a lot of of fake gingers in the crowd. Uh, you subbed maybe accidentally. I don't know. I don't know. It's certainly possible, but uh, it's your subscription feed. Do with it what yes. you please. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, the point is it's a little bit tricky for me to give you numbers. It does have to do with how much you're able to keep that thing balanced, how much strength and uh, pressure you're willing to put into your hands to push against the fence. Um, but, you know, err on the side of caution. And if you have any doubts at all, don't do it. <laughs> uh, dyslexic dogs in the chat. And uh, did a super chat for the fixed clock. 
So thanks, dys- dyslexic dog. <laughs> it was dis- a dyslexic dog. I just imagine like squirrel runs this way and the dog goes, squirrel. Is that how it works? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeff Barry says, I have a few logs from a black cherry tree I was going to mill for uh, use in a project. Is this the same as cherry, regular cherry, or are they different woods? Um, to my knowledge, black cherry equals American cherry or the cherry we know and love as lumber when we go buy cherry. But that's my limited knowledge on the topic. So uh, anyone in the chat room, you feel differently about that? To my knowledge, they are the same thing. <laughs> How did I get here? How did I get here? What the crap is this? <laughs> I'm going to cuss in the chat room. No. I'm going to drop some F-bombs. Go on YouTube. I can do that, right? Let's not do that. Not here, Chief. Uh, okay, Will Hooper. When oversizing a panel, uh, eighth inch to three sixteenths, that you, okay, I'm not going to do this one. I actually answered Will's question. And Directly. I, yeah, and I don't even know that I completely understood it, but I gave him an answer and he seemed to uh, accept my answer. <laughs> he said, thanks for putting up with us. Who? who? <laughs> Will did. Oh. Didn't you see the little PS? He's talking to me. Oh, very nice. <laughs> you have a great weekend too, Okay. Will. Black Goat Woodworking, what are your favorite bespoke tools on your wall? I remember you said that your brass hammers were a treat purchase, which I subsequently sold. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for gift ideas for a woodworker friend who has a pretty established shop. You know, I don't even know that it would be up here. Let me see. Okay, how about this little... I don't know if this is the violin maker's plane. It's a Lee, a Lee Nielsen brass plane. Look at that thing. I love it. It's so it's so small. It's and tiny. It's, it's actually surprises me how much I use this. If I just have like a little chamfer to add to something, I'm always grabbing this thing. I love using it. It's just a treat to use. Um, completely unnecessary, but I love it. That's one. I don't know any woodworker who would uh, be upset, you know, receiving that for a gift. Um, you know, maybe not so much on here. I do have some woodpecker stuff, which I would put into that category as well. Uh, look at some of the higher end marking tools. Uh, and squares, you got like Blue Spruce as a, a brand that has some really beautiful, fancy looking stuff. Uh, Hamilton, Hamilton Tools, I think, makes a, a beautiful marking gauge out of wood. Um, yeah, Bridge City Toolworks, you want to buy a nice set of squares, like a nice tri-square would be a nice gift. Things like that. Things like that. Okay. Got a nice, uh, I think, what is this? It's a perk of being a member. Whoa, what's that's, a perk? That's new. Ben's Woodcrafts. Member for five months. Oh. Nothing to say, just taking advantage of the free member perk for some attention. Oh, Have well, a great you, weekend. You got it, Ben. That must be a new feature. Is it? <laughs> yeah, we don't is. even know what's going on here. <laughs> Bobby C., what's the URL for the Wood Database? What, is what, he asking that? Yeah, he's asking that. What's the, what, if you type that exact thing wood database? into Google, you will find it. I think it's wood database. Oh. But if you just Google wood database. Wood database. You, hey, it's wood dash database. Yeah. You, yep. you honestly can't miss it. It's gonna, okay. Uh, let's see. I got a Kim Erickson question. Kim. She says, so I find a... I'm sorry. I heard the motorcycle and I thought it was your belly growling. It is not my belly. My belly is I say, oh, quite course, content. Mark's going to have to go soon. <laughs> I am uh, full of General So's chicken and doing quite well, thank you. So finally got my first jointer. It has a cast iron bed. What would be the best way to protect it from rust? And if I got some, what's the best way to get rid of it? Well, Kim, I've got a couple of videos on my website on rust prevention and rust removal. Go check those out. Keep in mind with my methodology and the things that I use. Typically, I would, you know, do a, if I need to clean it, a mineral spirits clean with a abrasive pad, something like a high grit 
um, sandpaper pad, like a Festool Platine abrasive, or even just wet dry paper. You really just want to knock, I mean, hopefully we're just talking about like um, superficial surface rust. Uh, you can get that stuff off with the mineral spirits, wipe it down, let that flash off. Uh, and then you can come back with uh, something as simple as a wax if you need more protection than that. Uh, we always recommend T9 Shield. Stuff is a little bit sticky. So once you do the application of the T9, you're probably going to want to hit it with some kind of paste wax. You need a little bit of a, a help making that surface slippery again. But that should provide good protection. Um, there may be other products out there. The thing, what I'm trying to say to keep in mind is the fact that as long as I've been doing content online, so for the past 15 years, I've been two, in two of the driest places in the U.S., being Phoenix, Arizona, and Denver, Colorado. So rust, generally speaking, is not a problem for me. Um, and, and that means that I don't necessarily have to go through the same things other people do um, when they're in a climate that has tons of humidity. So there may be better options. Got a question here from Don Sarsgood. Hey Spags, I was wondering how your weekly video trial was going for you. What, what is it worth your time? It's hard to say. Yeah. We are still evaluating it. And honestly, the more I do, the more confused I get. <laughs> because you don't know what is truly affecting things. I think I mentioned this last week. If you have a platform like this. We weren't this, here last week. The last show. The last show. Uh, if you have a platform like we do. The more videos you make, the more views you get. It's just simple math. You put a video out, typically this many people watch, numbers go up, AdSense goes up, viewership goes up. Um, the only thing that I think has truly moved the needle are these stupid short videos. That's the <laughs> vertical videos, the, the YouTube's version of TikTok. Um, I've had a couple of those cross the 3 million threshold in views, which is huge. And that's how that one guy got here, <laughs> going... Why am I here? He's like, what's his name? Uh, the the uh, gift that oh, everybody yeah. uses with John Travolta, John Travolta with his Pul jacket. Pulp like, Fiction. <laughs> right? So when you have those kind of numbers, that's really compelling. That will move the needle. And that has brought in a lot of new subscribers to the channel. I don't think my weekly videos have done that. Mm -hmm. But I also say that maybe the only reason those shorts really, you know, took off like a rocket was because maybe I was in the algorithm's line of sight because we're doing weekly videos. Yeah. I don't know. Dave, Dave in the chat says, I made it to a live show. Keep up the shorts. It's the best decision you've made since marrying Nicole. Really? That's a, that's that's a, a big uh, time distance between those two things. I've done nothing relevant <laughs> since then. Mary Nicole doing shorts. Yeah. All right. I'll take it, though. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what we're doing. The fear is the funniest thing. I've been doing this longer than practically any other woodworker out there. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. No. It's okay. I should know what I'm doing, no, but I, I have no idea what to do to succeed at what I do. <laughs> Even when we started, we didn't know what we, we were doing. We never knew what that's we what were I, doing. I, that's what I find exciting about it. Like, it's all just throwing spaghetti on a wall. We're like two blind squirrels that tripped over a nut. That's what happened to us. <laughs> And here we are. The, uh, what I'm going to say is I do enjoy the weekly process because it makes more of this. Yeah. I feel closer to the audience um, when you do more frequent videos. It really opens up the playbook to do certain things with the audience. To just have more fun with it, you earn that kind of fun with an audience and with, uh, with commenters and stuff like that. So I do really enjoy that. And I am hesitant to let that go. But I also don't know that a weekly format is in our best interest. Sustainable. Well, it may not be sustainable if we want to keep the quality level high. Right. And I will never be the kind of person who's like, well, we got to get that video out. So 
all right, let's let's just get it done. Like that's not going to be me. No. So we have to figure out how to maintain that and how to move forward. Yeah. And I, I don't have a clear answer for that yet. Maybe we do like TV, like seasons, like just like you expect TV to kind of not happen in the summertime. Yeah, the internet doesn't really work like that. I, I mean, know. with some exceptions, but I yeah. don't know. It's too early to call. I, I I am extending it. If I didn't say that, we oh, are yeah. going to be doing more weekly videos. At least through the fall, um, and, and who knows, maybe it'll take us up through Christmas. Yeah, okay, we are going to take December off, though. Yeah, yes? but okay. well, I still may put content out. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, if it's already filmed, yeah. why not? Well, yeah. Merry on. Christmas, everyone. Watch this video. Can't say the line, can you, Russ? <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't. No one has seen it yet. Okay. Okay, Ben Bodner, Dr. Ben Bodner, Esquire, says, can you help me understand? What? He's not. He's joking. Oh, did you know he's pregnant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you help me understand what I should expect from my water-based spray finishing? Should it feel the same or better than when applied by hand with a foam brush? I know there are a lot of variables in spraying and it's hard to diagnose without seeing, but the sprayed finish feels less uniform, maybe orange, peely, and glassy than uh, the hand-applied finish. Am I applying too much finish? I'm afraid of applying less and getting a gritty, dry spray mess. What's the deal? Well, here's the thing. I find it hard to judge water-based finishes because it's so brand dependent. Uh, you know, the formulations change from one brand or one type to another. Um, water-based finishes, it's really not as simple as I would like it to be. Now, when I used to do commercial projects and I, you know, ran through tons of lacquer and pre-catalyzed lacquer, that established a standard for smoothness. And the kind of finishes that, like, when I worked for that dude, Cody, and he taught mm -hmm. me how to use a spray gun and get the best finish possible, the kind of finish we would get off the gun, it, it was it was next-level stuff. Like, you watch Philip Morley, for instance, when he applies uh, one of his finishes to a table. I mean, it's really not a whole lot of prep between coats happening here. This stuff off the gun is gorgeous and re requires only a minor amount to fuss with it. And the problem is, like, once you have that experience, now that's a standard you're trying to achieve. And when you go to a water-based finish, you kind of bring that knowledge with you to evaluate whether this is right. Should you be diluting a little bit more or should you change your tip size, uh, change your air pressure, whatever it is to try to get that finish to atomize properly, hit the surface and give you as close to a glass smooth finish as possible. So like you said, it's hard if I'm not there to evaluate it and help you troubleshoot this. But if you aren't seeing smoother results or maybe with a little bit of post work on the dried coat, uh, smoother results than you get by hand application, something might be wrong. I mean, the joy of spraying is that you do get that great finish right off the gun if everything is tuned perfectly. It's just not as easy as I would like it to be, especially with water-based finishes. So you got to mess around, try different tips, maybe, you know, waste some finish, waste some boards and, uh, and keep practicing until you get something that's a little bit closer to like a nearly perfect smooth finish off the gun. And that's all I have for pre-selected oh, okay. questions. I grabbed those this morning. Did you look on YouTube? I did grab some of those from YouTube. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Yep. Uh, I got a question here from Jennifer. Uh, I bought a beautiful piece of ambrosia maple Ooh. i've read it's softer than hard maple Ooh could i still use ambrosia maple in a cutting board or a serving tray certainly a serving tray yeah you know i don't like see why not a charcuterie board a charcuterie a charcuterie board <laughs> charcuterie yeah i don't see why not especially on a serving board um, how do you say that word charcuterie charcuterie 
Cartoon. Just go. Car- just go. I can't, I can't. I can't make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, on a you know a cutting board, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I mean, it's not that soft, is it? Right? I don't think so. I don't so know. I don't know. But like I said, I mean, if you're cutting into it, that may change things. Uh, but I still don't know that it would be a problem. I'm going to throw this to the chat. Anybody have a problem with ambrosia maple uh, being used for a cutting board? I don't think so. We have a question. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this one. But, uh Vafa, uh, should a newbie build his own riser, two and a half inch thick butcher block veneer strip thread? What? I don't, in the I don't know. What are you saying? Can I... Hold on. Can that be a nominal construction of pine? Should a newbie build his open riser, two and a half inch thick butcher block veneered step, step thread? What's a, what is Can that? Can that made of minimal two by 12 construction southern pine that whitewashed in polyurethane? What's the challenges? I'll tell you the challenges. I don't understand what you're asking. Sorry, Baffa. I... A two and a half inch thick butcher block veneered step thread. What's a step thread? Well, he's talking about butcher blocks and he says the word thread. And I'm wondering if he's talking about that um, threaded rod that goes through butcher blocks, classic butcher blocks. Mm. Is that what he's talking about? But how does that relate to the rest of the question? If you're still in the chat... Yeah, try, try to clarify the question. And sometimes if I was sitting at my desk reading this, I would probably read it with better comprehension than I am when we're doing a live show. <laughs> on the, on, it on does the not, cuff. It does not make take much to trip us up when, when we're <laughs> answering questions live. So I apologize. I don't mean to make fun of you uh, in any way. Um, but if you can clarify that for us, that would be awesome. We'll Steve, Steve Miller says not for a cutting board on the ambrosia. But then John Nation says I've used ambrosia maple and had no problems. We'll see. That clears it up, as the internet usually does. Completely contradictory <laughs> opinions. <laughs> he says tread, not thread. Oh. Sean, I'll, I'll look for your question. He says, Vafa tread. says tread, not thread. Okay. Step tread. Now go back to the question. I'm, you got me looking at the chat. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, where is it again? Right here. Step riser. tread. Veneered. I don't understand a butcher block veneered step tread. Butcher block. Oh, he's talking about steps. Oh. All these words are now making sense to me, Nicole. <laughs> I don't know. I Look, here's the thing. I don't build steps. I, I am not in a qualified position to give someone advice on proper construction of treads and risers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're going here. These are also words that are not triggering anything in my brain to give you a sensible reply. Uh, Vafa, I have failed you. (laughs) Completely. Uh, The good news is, there's probably somebody on YouTube that could help him. Oh, there's probably someone in the chat room that could help him because they all seem to know what he's talking about and I'm like, durr. (laughs) I'm like, durr. That's a good show title. It's a whole bunch of durr up in here. (laughs) Hey, Yoso posted on Patreon. I don't think you, because the last one you had was Ben. Yeah, I missed that So uh, when you are using no VOC finishes, what kind of respiratory, respiratory, respiratory? Respiratory. Uh, protections do you use, if any? Uh, I've been working with Tried and True, which claims to be no VOC. It is. But my safety freak brain still wants to use a respirator with organic fume cartridges, which are annoying if not needed. Not for Tried and True. I'm paranoid too, Yoso, and I will often use... 
Um, I will often use a respirator around finishes that I'm not completely confident. They, like, they could say no VOC, but depending on how much information they divulge, like how much they're willing to give out in terms of what is in that can, helps me decide whether or not I want to trust a proprietary blend of something, right? Tried and true oil, I would not put into that category. That is truly a polymerized oil and a couple other things. Uh, there are no VOCs in there. Um, it's just oil. Um, now, where I start to get a little bit, you know, cautious, and probably needlessly so, uh, is when I'm using Rubio, for instance. Rubio is no VOC, but I would love to know a little bit more about what exactly is in that can. Um, because it does cure faster than any other oil of its type, and it cures, you know, harder, and it tends to be a little bit more durable. So I want to know what's actually in there. And it's, a, you know, they have reasons to protect their formula, and they don't say too much about it, um, which makes me want to wear a respirator. And also, I'm not that fond of the smell in the first place. So um, I tend to use a respirator for that reason, too. Um, you also have to be careful, because there's no VOC, or at least low VOC, um, there are also chemicals out there and solvents that are not qualified as VOCs necessarily or in terms of reporting them. They're not treated the same way. So it isn't like it doesn't have some of this stuff in there. It just doesn't have anything on the list of things that need to be reported in that manner. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's rightfully so to be a little bit suspicious about some of these companies. Hey, look, you know, wear the respirator. Um, as long as it's not really bothering you, if you want to be extra cautious, go ahead and wear it. There are definitely some things out there, tried and true is one of them, that it's just oil. It's just yeah. oil. Not going to hurt you. Though Stumptown Woodworks in the chest says, I love tried and true. I'll run my face on it if I get a chance. Rub yourself down, man. Stick your finger in there. Take a little swig. Oh, no. No. Just be near, no. A, just be near a toilet. Ugh. It'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, that's that's not one that I would be concerned about. Uh, you can. I like it when we can put questions. Up. Oh, I do too. So go ahead and do I'm that. Done? Okay, from okay. Weston, he's right How there. How about this one? Or or that one too. Ron says, Tilsonburg, Ontario, Canada says hi. Love the show. That wasn't a, the question. <laughs> no, I just picked the first one I saw. Okay, this one here. Weston. Weston. Don't ban him. <laughs> I might. It's very close to the other button. Any tips for jointing four quarter material? Seems too flexible to me. Kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, four quarter should not be that flexible. I mean, if you're talking four quarter, I'm assuming you're getting fairly rough material. It won't be an inch, probably closer to seven eighths at best. Uh, but that is still thick enough that it shouldn't really be flexing a ton. Now, if you got a cup in this board and it's six feet long, and then now you're putting pressure on your jointer, you're probably going to um, artificially flatten the board as you push it through. Uh, that's why if I'm doing a longer board, I often go against conventional wisdom that says you want your cup like this when you do your jointing. I like to go the other way. And the reason is because the center of that board is in full contact with the surface of the jointer. And I could put both of my pads right in that section and go all the way across and start working my way down to flat. If you go the other way and I put my pressure down, the amount of pressure I use to control this workpiece across the jointer, if that's enough to flex the board, then I'm defeating the whole purpose. I'm not actually going to get a flat surface because I'm artificially flattening it. And once I go through that cut and let the pressure off, it's going to go right back where it was. Okay. So if you have a lot of that flexing, um, and if you've heard that rule about making sure your, your cup is always down, consider ignoring that rule. Try it the other way and see if you get better results. But generally speaking, though, Unless it's super long and super, you know, soft material, 
you shouldn't get a whole lot of flexing just because you're jointing. Hey, did you see Fairchild right there? Proof, proof that the notification crew works. I won one of your guild projects from today's video. Just wanted to say thank you for the bribery. <laughs> you guys are great. Hey, we are not above bribing. I haven't had a chance to uh, put the project on your account yet, but I will. I got your email. Yeah, the notification crew is this thing where if you are subscribed and you have notification turned on, mm -hmm. when we post the video on Friday, it's always generally Friday morning, mm -hmm. but I never know exactly. It depends on when the kids get out of the house and when I get a chance to actually do it. The time changes. Um, but if you get that notification and you're there within the first hour, it's actually more like two. Yeah, it's like two. Most of the time. Uh, if you actually, busy. if you get, yeah, it's not intentionally longer. We just haven't gotten back home. Um, if you get to the video within that first hour, there's a link in the first comment. Use that link to go to our website and enter for a chance to win a free guild project. Mm -hmm. So it happens every week. And it's just, I basically get the list of names and then I use random.org to pick five numbers. That's how I get my mm -hmm. winners. You just never know. Never uh, know. Stumptown says, uh, yes on the Rubio pipe smell. Hate smoking, but love the Rubio smell. Okay. That's what I don't like about it. It smells, mm -hmm. to me, Rubio smells like a smoke shop. Oh, does it? And not that it smells like burnt tobacco. Right. It smells like raw tobacco right. to me. And I haven't found many people who agree with me on that every time I say it, but it sounds like Stumptown agrees. <laughs> uh, Adrian had a question. Adrian Abshire. Mark! Yes. Mark! Yeah. Mark! What's your take on wooden planes? I've always wanted to get one, but I'm not sure what size slash brand to find. Can you even buy newer ones? Eh, they're stupid. No. Um, <laughs> wooden planes are great. I use them for decoration, but other people actually use them to cut wood. I mean, if <laughs> like you look, Shannon? Yeah. If you look into, like, Japanese planes... You're going to find a lot of um, wooden pull planes, you know, the ones that you pull instead of pushing. Uh, those can be great. Um, who are the current vendors of wooden planes these days? Mm -hmm. I don't really know. I'm sure there has to be somebody still making them. Is, uh, do you remember what's his name? The guy who made, he did classes for them too. Oh, shoot. Bloom? No. Well, Blo Blo actually, good memory. Um, I believe it was Bloom Toolworks, I think, mm -hmm. that made an adjustable mouth um, wooden hand plane that was kind of neat. Don't know if they're still doing it. What about... Um, what's his name? Scott something, right? Scott Meeks. Scott Meeks he Woodworks. Has a, and if you're a guild uh, member, he gives us a discount. Yeah. Either that or free shipping. I need to check our discounts. Yep. So he has some fantastic ones. I assume he's still... So I don't keep up with what everybody is doing, but I assume he is still making planes. And at yeah, the very least, I checked his because I, I I like to check all of the coupon codes. Yeah. So it's free shipping uh, if you're a guild member on the discounts page. Okay. From Scott Meeks. Excellent. Uh, hold on, I got a, another question here. Mark, I've seen your show where you built a green and green hall bench. Just wondering if you have a plane for it. I think he means a plan. And I'm double checking. Yeah, um, the one that, if I'm talking about the same one, Green and Green Inspired Entry Bench with Storage, go to our website, find that project, there's a plan. And it's free. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> go get it. Go get it. You get it now. <laughs> hey, Joe Lapolito is in the chat. Question, do you think it's possible, possible to build a trestle table with leaf inserts? Not sure the trestle would have enough stiffness to support <laughs> the siding rails. 
sliding rails. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would need to see. Your design. I would need to see the proposed design. I haven't made any expandable tables. Mm -mm. I mean, believe it or not, I've repaired some, mm -hmm. but I have never had to make an expandable table either via leafs or a you know track system where you pull it out. I've never had to do that. So, I mean, I'm sure it can be done. I'm sure someone can engineer that, but I don't really know. I would like, need to see it. Because, I mean, the only expandable table we have is the Parsons table in the guild right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Johnny Brooks table. Yep. So I don't, I can't answer that for sure. I would, I mean, I would need to kind of, you know, see your initial idea and what the hardware might look like for something like that. And is there room for it? And is there enough support for it? But there's also ways to reinforce a trestle table um, to give it a little bit more stability across the length. So you could get creative with it, mm. make it possible. Richard, I don't know, you have Richard, no, you're going to. There's Bobby C. Anyway, Richard's getting ready to finish the green and green chest. Uh, Sherman Williams' uh, cab acrylic lacquer is hard to find. Do yeah. you have an alternative? No. Perhaps general finishes? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff. The thing is, I, I would do a little research on some of the, the lacquers. I've gotten so far out of the world yeah. of lacquers that I don't even know what's good anymore. I just don't, um, I don't dabble in it anymore. Uh, yeah, you can go to general finishes. They make great stuff. They've got a bunch of different... Um, you know, spray finishes that are pretty great. There's the, uh, they've got some variants or at least a new Endurovar that's supposed to be pretty darn good. I haven't used it myself, but I remember the original was pretty good too. Um, chat room, what do you guys like? What's a good, I mean, it sounds like you're willing to go down the traditional lacquer path that you don't necessarily need to go to like a water-based formula. Um, what do you guys like for lacquer? Like Target Coatings maybe? There's a brand I've heard people talk about a lot. Target Coatings makes some good stuff. I don't know much about them, though. <laughs> it's amazing how much more narrow mm -hmm. the world have, of finishing has become for me over the years yeah. as I've gotten away from certain things. John Crawford wants to know if you've ever experimented with non-wood stains like dyes. If so, have you any tips? Don't you have a video for I that? I have a video on dyes. It's quite old. <laughs> it's very old. But enjoy the young Mark because, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, he had yeah, no idea what was in store for him. It's a pretty long video and pretty extensive discussion about dyes. Wasn't it called You and Die? Initially, I don't know if that's still the title. No, I'm sure it's not. You and Die. You and Die. See, that's the thing. We had fun titles, and then SEO killed the fun title. It's still in the video, though, I think. I well, think it's in still the... in a URL. Yeah. Because I don't want to change the URL, <laughs> but it's You and Die. You and Die. So uh, I'll link to it in the, in the chat for you. John? Uh, let's see. You have, any, you have any questions? I got more. Uh, I'm just going from the chat room. Okay. Bobby C said, what is the best way to refinish an oak dining room table? Mrs. C, the chemist, wants to know what resins you use and whether uh, you would do water or solvent based. Okay, well, it depends on what's already on the table, how you refinish it. You got to get the old finish off. A lot of times a chemical stripper is the fastest way to get to that point. Sometimes, just depending on what the finish is, if it's old and you know it's, it doesn't take much to take it off, a good sanding or scraping is, is all it takes to remove the finish. Uh, either way, you're going to try to get that top layer of finish off, then you're going to start sanding. Get down to bare wood, and then now you can start to think about the finish. Uh, as for the finish itself, a lot of ways you guys can go. You can go very simple and do a hard wax oil. Um, that's what we have on our mm -hmm. kitchen table, which we really love. Not the most durable thing on the planet. Very easy to repair. 
Um, but you could also go with like much more protective finishes, like your armor seal, which is a wiping polyurethane, um, your water locks, which will stink up your house significantly. Uh, well, armor seal will do that as well. Um, but, you know, lots of different ways you can go. Of course, water-based finishes too. It, it, here's the thing. I mean, it, a lot of times when it comes to finishing, some of the best advice I ever got about finishing was when you're trying to pick a finish, pick the one that you can apply with some level of success. Because a lot of times we go, oh, this is the best finish for the job. I read it online. I take it home. I have no idea how to apply it. It's a disaster. I screw the whole thing up. It would have been better to apply the finish you actually know how to apply because you get a good result. And, and as long as the wood, you said it's oak, Oak is durable, right? The lion's share of the protection that's happening with an oak table is by the wood itself because it's durable, it's very hard. And then we're adding a little bit more protection with a finish. The, the finish isn't necessarily going to, you know, if the wood was made out of pine or the table was made from pine, you're not gonna make pine act like oak by putting a strong finish on it is what I'm trying to say. So I don't stress about the finish nearly as much as I used to uh -huh. when it comes to durability. Sean, oh, what? Sean Gray has a question right underneath uh, Sean Bobby. Gray. Sounds like a guitar player that would sing love songs to teenage girls. David Gray. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm building an outdoor chair set for my neighbor and was thinking of using half lap joints on the slats of the seat. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm using two by four material. Do you think this will be too weak? Well, which way are the half laps going? I mean, half lap joints, I think, are stronger than people give them credit for because you've, you know, it's almost like half of a mortise and tenon, um, but you've got so much glue surface on there. I like it for frames and things like that. Um, but what I'd be concerned about is if you're talking about some kind of a seating situation, is it flat? Is it like a horizontal thing? In that case, I don't know how much I like that, but I would need to see how many of them are there. Is this a crisscross pattern and a bunch of half laps? That sounds like it would be pretty strong. Um, but I need, to, I need to know a little bit more about what, what this actually looks like. What's the structure look like? Mm. So half laps on the slats of the seat. I, yeah, you know, I'm going to change my answer. If I don't know exactly, again, what the arrangement is. But if you have those half laps and the, the top piece is resting on the, the lap, and yeah, I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, as long as you have your, your pieces where the weight is being held, um, those are the ones that are on the top of the half lap joint. I think it'll be fine. Oh. Change my answer. Is that is that George? Either Jorge or George. Okay. Uh, he's tried to spray Rust-Oleum latex gloss red apple paint through his Fuji Q4, uh -huh. but he's not getting good results. Keep getting splatter. It may be too thick. Yeah. Uh, Rust-Oleum latex gloss is probably... Thick. Pretty darn thick stuff. Yeah. That's like the quartz stuff you get at Home Depot. Yeah. Uh, you may look into thinning it. Um, look at the instructions and see if they recommend thinning, if that causes problems. Typically, a paint you can thin. You just don't want to thin it too much. Isn't Fuji's customer support really good, too? Like, no idea. Never used it. Um, I want to say that they, they do pretty well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they do. Yeah. But I think you need to thin. Um, if you can thin that stuff, that's, that's what happens when you put a thick-bodied finish into an HVLP gun that just doesn't have the horsepower to push it out. You tend to get sputtering. You also might look into a larger tip size he's, on your he gun. He said he's tried 2.0, the largest needle tip, okay, his so largest needle tip. The only solution that I can think of is the only solution is dilution. Dilution. And if you can't dilute or like the product doesn't want to be diluted or you can't get it to work with dilution, 
then that may just not be something you should be spraying through the Fuji Q4, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, some get a things, Wagner. <laughs> yeah, get an airless sprayer. Yeah. Um, that's always an option. <laughs> uh, can you scroll down for the Super Chat? You know I can. Thanks. From uh, Don't go too far. Keep on going. I don't know. There it is. Josh. Joshum. 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 I hate the thought of wasting lumber, dollar, 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 um, to the milling process, but I've, I've been burned when only buying one quarter over my desired final dimension. How oversized do you typically go? That's a great question because I don't think this is something we talk about a lot, and mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like I'm the only one that does this. When I have boards that are, okay, let's say I'm making a bed rail, and that bed rail needs to have a, I want a finished thickness of like an inch. Should I just go with the five quarter or do I go get the six quarter? Well, I mean, it kind of depends on what I see when I get there. If I look at the material that I want that's only a quarter inch over my desired thickness and I sight down and I see that it's, you know, a little bit wavy and it's going to cause me problems, then I do. I go to the next thickness. But if I look down and this thing is almost laser straight already, then I know I might be able to get what I need out of it. Um, So I do generally allow myself to have that extra thickness. Yeah, it does feel wasteful. But in the end, it's really not wasteful because you have to joint just to get the board where you need it to be. If the board isn't flat, then the project is just not going to do what you want it to do. It's going to be disappointing and it's going to be frustrating. Um, So I am 100% behind buying thicker material than you would think you need for the sake of getting it down to the final thickness and still being perfectly flat. Um, But again, this really, for me, only comes into play when we're talking about much longer pieces. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I got a question here uh, back on Patreon Uh from Mark Wida. If I can find the, there it is. Which is the best way to cut wood with a tapering jig on a table saw? Do Do you want to feed the big end in first or start with the smaller end? I don't know that it matters as long as both versions of that are stable. And I'd like to see what your configuration is and what you're actually cutting. Um, But if you can go, you know, with most of the material hanging back, but you still have engagement with your fence and everything's stable and push it through, and it's also just as stable the other way around, um, I don't know that it matters. Right, As long as the cut goes where you want it to go and you can control the workpiece through the cut, I don't see a problem with either way. But it, this is definitely something, a lot of questions tonight that would be really helpful if we had pictures, mm-hmm. right? Little visuals. I got a super chat from Jeffrey Larson. Hey, before you do that, Ben, Ben, oh, Ben, not Ben, Brian. Brian Benham is in the chat. Oh, that guy. <laughs> he said a product, product called Flow. Flow Troll. I thought that's what it said. Flow, flow He spelled tr- it wrong. <laughs> It's F-L-O-E-T-R-O-L, oh. I believe. Let the trolls flow. <laughs> Let your troll flow. <laughs> oh, uh, it says it works great for thinning latex paint. Yeah. And next to that will be a bottle of Soul Glow, which is great for your hair. I need to watch Coming to America too. I've been meaning to watch that. All right, I'm going to repeat Jeffrey's question here. Jeffrey. Uh, I made a solid wood, solid wood top ash coffee table that I finished with Danish oil. It's taking a beating and needs to be refinished. What do you recommend? Uh, Give it a light sanding and hit it with some Danish oil. Danish oil is in one of those categories of finishes that's fairly easy to repair. So if you liked the finish previously and it's taken a beating now, as long as the stuff isn't like severe damage where you have to do big repairs, 
give it a light sanding, try to get the scratches out of there, and then hit it with another light coat, wipe off the excess, and uh, you're good to go. I mean, if you want to change finishes, that does change the question, but um, repairability on Danish oil is usually pretty good. Got a question here from Sean Lund. Uh, how much experience... Ooh. What? Bobby C's uh, wife, Mrs. C, said that Mark's winning her over. How did I accomplish that? <laughs> uh, Sean wants to know how much experience, if any, do you have with installing driver kits? Vestal offers the CXS. Milwaukee offers the 2505 installers. And Bosch offers a version 2. Do you have the CS- CXS or others? What's a what's a I don't know what the hell he's talking a about. A driver kit. I'm guessing like a kit full of bits, driver like holders, yeah. things that go into the drill, like a yeah. whole kit. I I've got random things. I see a red box. I see a gray box. <laughs> like I sometimes end up with these things and I don't even know when or how I got them. But mm. typically I have all the bits I need and if I don't then I go to the store and buy one. So I don't have any intentionally have any kits to speak of. So I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. Festool and The one I would get, though. No, 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 no. Go look up the, the Milwaukee one that he uh, said. Milwaukee. 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 It's Algonquin for the good land. I guess. Is that what it says? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, he gave it a number, 20-something? 2505. <laughs> Kit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is it just a combo kit? Oh, you know what he's talking about? He's just like the, the Like kits. a modular kit. Yeah. Look, it's got different heads on it. Yeah. So he's talking, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm totally new here. What do I know? It's like, whoop. It's all the different. Oh, that's kind of uh, neat. Replaceable heads yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any of those. I used to have, um, you know, when, when Festool was a sponsor, they had mm-hmm. sent me stuff like that. I never used all but maybe one of those. Like once I put the one on that I used... I never changed it anymore. It gets it gets a five star review. And oh, I'm sure it's five hundred and sixty three ratings for, for installers who have to get yeah. an offset bid or you're you're in weird places like yeah, this. Yeah, wonky. I don't have a whole lot of experience with that, and that's why I'm being an idiot right now. Um, but those look pretty cool. Yeah. I don't really have an opinion. There's other about reasons them. too. Well, Nicole, you, know. I, you can't be too self deprecating. <laughs> If there's one thing that uh, that uh, it's clear tonight, it's that I'm just making all of this up. <laughs> got a question here. Mm. It, uh, you see a question? Uh, no, I'm just you reading. You got a question? <laughs> I'm reading about uh, Brian's soul glow. <laughs> Pour that into your finish. Uh, well, Jorge didn't ask a question, again, or George, uh, but he did give us a nice super Aww, chat. thanks. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um. John M. says shutters came out great since this was a new and somewhat complicated project. How did you research it before the build? Um, I just did a couple of, well, quite a few Google searches. If you remember, I mm-hmm. really stressed about it for a number of days. What I was trying to do, and it was like banging my head against the wall, was to make the slats curved. I wanted them to follow the curve. Um, then we kind of walked around the neighborhood I saw a couple of instances where people went with that step design and I have a anti Santa Fe bone in my body now. Um, Having lived in Arizona and having Santa Fe style everything shoved down my throat, I have an aversion to it. And as soon as I see something that's stair step like that, I immediately go, not for me. Uh, So I immediately dismissed that. But then a couple different times we walked around the neighborhood and we looked for people who had similar curved windows like that. And a number of them had that stair-step design. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm warming up to it because it doesn't look Santa Fe to me. It just looks like it solves a problem. Um, so I went with that solution instead. Uh, I did try uh, making some sample pieces and cutting it with like toothpicks and pretending I made a slat. The curve is just the radius is so large that the curve on the end of that slats would have almost no range of motion uh, if it was within a frame. It was getting so complicated that I was about to back out of the project. So I decided that no, we, I'm going to do this with the stair step. It's going to simplify everything. Every louver will be functional and it's going to look pretty good. From that point, that's when I started to do a little digging. I found Rockler's stuff and then their plan really made a big difference in, in how easy that project was for me to design. Even though I didn't like have a perfectly simple square window, the spacing that they gave me in their plan was um, really a big problem solver for me. Mm. So that's pretty much it. Uh, and we've had shutters in our homes for our last two homes. Both had shutters, at least in, in one room. And uh, I've seen them. I've interacted with them enough, so I kind of knew about them. I just didn't know all the exact measurements. You got another super chat. <laughs> I like this. Bobby says that uh, Mrs. C has respect for being smart enough to know what you don't know and you don't BS. Yeah, this is one thing I learned quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, I, well, 2006, we didn't have enough traffic on the website and I wanted to engage as much as possible. So I had a button called Ask Mark. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I do remember and that. And I invited people to just ask me as many questions as they possibly could. And going through that process, it taught me the value of it being okay that I don't know something and how unrealistic it is to think mm -hmm. that I do, you know, or want to present that I know everything. I obviously don't. And it does me no favors to BS you guys. So when I don't know, you're going to hear words like, I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> You'll hear that awful lot, actually, especially tonight. Uh, got a, you just, did you scroll past the super chat? There's one right there. There's one right just there and there's the one up above. No, I already did that one. Oh, you already did yep. that. Yep. Back off, sister. All right. Um, K KKHK says, I just moved to Denver. Hey, welcome to Denver. Do you prefer Austin Hardwoods or Adams Lumber? I am about to start the Ruba bench build. What's Adams Lumber? Yeah. Look it up. Okay. I never heard of such a place. Obviously, that means I prefer Austin. Uh, our Austin Hardwoods has fair prices. They have always done right by me. And they usually have everything that I need. Ooh. So I have never gone anywhere else. But what is this Adams Lumber Company? Yes, this is, this is Adams Lumber here. Oh, hello. Hello, Adam. How are you? I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to check it out. You know yeah. why? Maybe it says Centennial. Well, Centennial's not far from us. Further than Austin is. Uh, and trust me, when I have to go to a lumberyard, or more accurately, when I send my assistant to the lumberyard, I don't want him to have to go far. I'm a thoughtful guy. <laughs> this is oh what I've become God. over the years of doing this. <laughs> Let's see. How far is it? I'm a thoughtful it's, man. Well, it's a half an hour. It's 28 minutes. Yeah, and you know how far Austin is for us? It's like 10 minutes. Okay. If Unless there's traffic. Which there always is. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It's John's problem. <laughs> I am paying for the gas, though. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I made note of Adam's Lumber. Let's see. I got a question. You see a question? Okay, well, Vafa is, is letting me off the hook, oh. saying that I did not fail him at all. Learned a lot from the Advice and Wood Talk show. Go on, please. Well, oh, thank you, sir. Thanks, I appreciate that. Too kind of you. <laughs> um, where are we going? Ah, I hit the wrong button. Hey, Escape. Totally unrelated, though. Did you... If anybody follows me on Instagram... I don't. You should. It's pretty good. 
You're on it sometimes. I know. I do. I do. I just put up a post, like, right at dinner, just before we went live, about how I'm going to change some of the things that I do on social media. Buffo did a boss. I saw that, right? (laughs) I saw his super chat. Here's what it says on mine, because I'm using... I see the image on mine. Yeah, she's on YouTube. She sees the little flexing image. On mine, I get written descriptions. It says, characters saying, you rock whilst showing their pumped bicep. I love it. I actually thought he typed that. Oh, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's the, the description. Yeah, it's the description. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, anyway, so I'm uh, changing things around on in Instagram a little bit. Instagram's getting stale for me. I'm bored. I'm so bored. So Someone said you need to bring back Puppet Mark. I'll bring Puppet Mark. Puppet back. Mark has seen better days. Puppet Mark is missing his, a complete eyeball. His eye popped off. Yeah. I need to fix them. We got to fix them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just want to have more fun with it. Do you remember, I mean, Nicole and I have been doing this for quite a while. Um, We were on Twitter. Like if you go back and look at like years since or whatever they do when they see you join. I think we joined Twitter in 2007. Yeah, 2007. And for us, like social media was always this like, I hope this star that I follow Mm -hmm. joins Twitter because I want to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. I want to see what this person's life is like. Um, That's kind of how it started. And then money got into the mm. thing. And now, you know, the, the whole thing becomes this polished persona that we're creating. Um, and everybody's becoming an, a, like a character. My Instagram feed looks more like a, a list of oh. as seen on TV ads. Ah. <laughs> like, I, I'm part of the problem. I'm going to admit that. Uh, but I, I personally need to change some things so that I could be happier with my social media presence. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. I think it's fine. What's the worst that can happen? You lose followers and that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? I got these guys. What do I care? So Scott did a super chat and I missed it. Thank you for letting me know, Scott. Um, just got the Fremont chest and nightstand. Hooray for me. Yeah. Any reason to do Fremont's one great. before the other? I would, yes. I would do the nightstand. Do the nightstand you. first. Yeah. Because it's really just like a mini chest of drawers. Yeah. A lot of the lessons, the shaping, Daryl's methods are consistent between the two, but it's on a larger scale on the chest of drawers. So yeah, definitely go for that nightstand first. Uh, Then you will be very well prepared for the challenges of the chest of drawers. Faux show. So it's so interesting. When you Google Fremont nightstand, this is what comes up on Amazon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not Fremont nightstand, (laughs) but it's called a Fremont. That's no, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> but then after our ad. You're a liar. Oh, that's kind of neat. That works. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. All right. What else we got? <clears throat> uh, we're past our time. Yeah. So um, if, unless we have anything else. Mm. Tim says, Tim JB says that he loved a lot of the stuff that was part of the main show back in the day. Well, Tim, have you seen any of the recent shows? Because if you haven't, you're missing some fun stuff. I think he's talking about this show. This show? Yeah. No. The main show. No one would call this the main show. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I don't know. And this, this show hasn't really changed a whole lot over the uh, years of doing it. No, he's got to really. be referring to like early Wood Whisperer stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we can't go back in time and be those people again, but um, the shows are getting pretty friggin' funny. There's, there's quite a few moments... In each episode <laughs> these days. Oh, I'm Ken Stewart was no. Can you use Rubio Bonaco Pure over a wiping stain? I wouldn't. I mean, if you're going to use a colored product, stick with Rubio. Rubio wants to bind to bare wood. Most stains have, at the very least, 
uh, boiled linseed oil in them, once that cures, you have partially sealed the surface and you have now put a layer between the Rubio and the raw wood. So no, I would not necessarily do that, but Rubio does have coloring agents. They have pre-color stuff that you can apply like a stain, and then they have colored finish itself. So play with that and if you want to stay in the world of Rubio. All right, we're good? Are uh, we done? yep. <clears throat> Hold on just a second. Uh, trying to get apply on the trestle table. I don't Sorry, Gerard. Um, huh? I don't know. I don't see your question. Oh, he made a, a pine trestle table with breadboard ends and added extension rails that held eight-inch boards that ran across the grain that were supported by extension rails. Still working 40 years later. He's talking about the trestle question. Yep, at the very top of the show. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks for the feedback on that. Okay. Uh, what else? I think that's it. We're going to do an after show. So if you are on Patreon, uh, I'm going to put the post to the Patreon link with the, the after show video. Or if you are a YouTube supporter, you can head on over to the community tab from our YouTube page and easily get to that. Yeah, boy. Uh, we just hang out more. More and, of this. And talk about... I think today I've got a lot on my mind. Maybe, maybe we'll talk more about... Instagram, we'll you know talk who, about puppies. I'm going to talk about Bob Ross. Oh, really? You watched that documentary thing? I did thing? watch that documentary. Is it good? You have to wait till the afternoon. Well, <laughs> intriguing. Everyone's going to join for that. Oh. Uh, we can talk about uh, physical therapy yeah. and how that's yeah. going. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for watching, thank everybody. You. If you are one of the new subscribers who landed here accidentally, I'm sorry. Um, hopefully you'll stick around. We do this every two weeks, so don't worry. It's not that big it's of a not, deal. We only assault your, your eyeballs every couple of weeks. No big <laughs> deal. All right. Well, thank you for watching, everyone. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>